Howdy do, buckaroos. Greetings from the Uncanny Valley. This is the Incomparable TV podcast about Westworld. Thank you to Jason and everyone in the Incomparable for hosting us. We are going to do, this is our initial reaction show for season two, episode six of Westworld. It's called Phase Space. I'm your host, Kelly Gamont. With me as always is Don Melton. Party on, Don. Party on, Garth. Now, you actually know, again, we, we've got some, some episode titles that actually correspond to something. So um, I want to get the definition from you of phase space. It's math. It's a, it's a mathematical concept. Yeah, well, because phase yeah, space itself and, is not and, an equation; it's an idea, right? Right, right, right. Okay. And I and Kelly, I know because of my vast math background. No, I know because I looked on Wikipedia <laughs> because I was like, "What the hell is phase space?" And so it, it's basically um, in uh, system theory, it's it's a space which all possible states of a system are represented, which uh, each state corresponding to one unique point in the phase space. Anyway, it was okay. developed a long time ago, uh, I believe, and I could be wrong about this, it was developed in like the 19th century for like weather prediction and stuff like that. And so okay. uh, uh, there was a um, article linked to on Reddit uh, last week about phase space. And what's really, when you do a diagram of it, you remember mm-hmm. in episode five, Akane no Mai, where in front of the the Japanese version of the mariposa, there's the sand painting mm-hmm. of the butterfly. Guess yeah. what? That looks a lot like phase space. Uh-huh. A, a representation, okay. you know, all possible states of an object moving around. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So inside joke there. That's all I fucking know about phase space. <laughs> well, but you had a handle on it, which I did not. So that's pretty cool. Um because I'm always excited because we had a bunch of really baffling episode titles before. So, um, well, you know, when you think about know, it, these, this season, these actually make more sense than the ones from, from so, episode so uh, season one. Yeah. So, so and uh, by the way, I just wanted to say, we're going to do this reaction show. And once again, Kelly, another dull episode of Westworld. You're just gonna, right? Like, <laughs> I really need it to pick up a little bit. I mean, come on. Um, so, so, so for, gang, I want you before she starts the timer. I want you to read what <laughs> Kelly said when she, because I was ahead of her by uh, twenty minutes probably <laughs> on watching the show this time because Kelly was interrupted by relatives with tasty brisket. It's not her tri-tip. fault. Tri-tip. It was tri-tip. Oh, it was tri-tip, not brisket. Tri-tip. Uh, I, I sit corrected. So, uh, <laughs> so. She tells me about where she's at the episode when I'm in, and and uh, and I I smirk to myself and I say, "You ain't seen nothing yet." And then at the end, she says, "Okay, took me a few to pick up all the pieces of my brain." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "You should have used auto extraction." <laughs> Which, when we get to talking about the end here, you'll understand what that means. So, so for those Sorry. who. Uh, are new to the to the reaction shows. Uh, I'm going to start a timer for 20 minutes. We're going to say as much as we can in that amount of time, and that amount of time starts now. So um, I really feel like I need to take a minute before we get to the end of Oh My God because there were some real quiet moments in this for me that I really enjoyed. Well, uh, like- the first that stands out is the shrine. 
Well, no, no, the the uh, the, the shrine. Well, I thought you were going to talk about your all caps text fidelity. <laughs> okay, that was just terrifying. That wasn't like a quiet moment. That was I'm behind the couch now. Oh my god. Yeah, so, so, so Kelly texts me because so, yes. I, I knew exactly where she was at. Just all caps, fidelity. I looked down at my phone <laughs> and I go, God damn it. And I had to hit the uh, rewind 10 seconds on the Roku for HBO uh, now <laughs> because I was laughing so hard. Alice and I didn't hear the, the dialogue uh, at that point. So I was like, yeah, so there's that bit. And by the way, we do know now, based on the end, with that intro – that uh, when you see the uh, letterbox, you know, the widescreen mm-hmm. simulation, we we be in the cradle, I believe, now. That's... Okay. That's, because when Bernard goes in later on, that's also widescreen. Did you notice? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. so the, the calming stuff after Fidelity, when you cl- cr- climbed back over the, uh, <laughs> yes. the couch. Made it back onto the regular place of sitting um i really i was a little freaked out at first when we got back to shogun world and uh <laughs> and she's cutting out sakura's heart oh geez um that was so, a little intense i think um at least can, for me can, can any of the listeners tell before. us whether that that's really a, a normal ritual from the Edo period in japan or perhaps in popular Japanese films, because I was like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was intense. Um, But then when they get to the the temple or the shrine there and we find out what it was for, um, that was, I felt like that was really emotional and it was really, it was a very quiet and sort of small scene because, you know, we've talked about like the big stuff where, all of civilization is at stake. There's like an existential crisis. But one thing that this show does really well is the smaller moments that are very human and a couple of people, basically, you know, for the most part, um, having their own interaction in whatever way that might be. And this was one of those small moments that was really touching, at least. I thought so. And listening to them have the conversation about everything, because we're going to talk about the other stuff that happened in Shogun World in a little while. But this was the thing that stood out well, to me in, well, we, in all of the, the action and the driving forward and the tense stuff. Like, this wasn't any of that. Yeah, there was, uh, so was a lot of information. Lot. And yeah. I thought we're also saying, at least for now, Goodbye to uh, Rinko Kikuchi and Hiroyuki, Hiroyuki uh, Sonata as uh, Which, Akane and Masha, uh, Musashi. Musashi. But, but Tao Akamoto as Hanario, she's in Westworld now. So Yeah. By the end of Which the I'm episode. excited about, but I'm sad because I didn't get near enough time with those two. Yeah. I, and so I was very sad to leave them. I understand it. I totally but, like but, as like for the characters I respected those decisions but oh but wasn't it a bitch and sword fight? Oh, it was I mean, so if, amazing. If you want an action sequence, that's the that's the way to do it. Oh, so, yes. So, uh and wow, I was It I, was really I was so impressed like top to bottom. The whole thing I thought was just great. 
And yep. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I feel like um, <laughs> when we do the analysis show, I'm going to have to um, find a couple of movies I enjoy, which have really nice sword fighting sequences like that. So we can recommend them. Um, I have them on the shelf. I just need to figure out which ones stand out to me. Uh, like, that are very similar to this and, and see what's there. Um, so we did get a little bit of Shogun world, but we also got a goodbye to Shogun world. Yeah. And, uh, and then Maeve went to get her daughter. And there and she was with a new mommy, which, oh, which we all, which we all predicted. Remember back yes. from, yes, we, we talked about this. Yeah, watching this happen was pretty much like the guy who put himself on the katana earlier, right, in the sword fight. Yeah. Yeah, committing Oh, it was just, oh, it was so, it was, watch, it was because it was watching her do it. Like, that was really, you know, when her face lights up and she says, mommy, and it's like over Maeve's shoulder. Like, that was just brutal to to, to watch. Like, for myself, you know, having known how invested Maeve was, and then watching it written all over Maeve's face, that was well. You know, that, that was, was really the mother. That was the mother daughter issue in this episode. We also had the yes. father daughter uh, oh. uh, reunion and conversation. Well, we had the reunion last episode, and um, and we had the uh, yikes. Uh, actually, at the end of episode four, because they weren't in. Last episode, no. right? Yeah, yeah. Episode four. Uh, it's all a blur. Uh, and what's funny in this one is, uh, to me, uh, is it wasn't Lawrence who said, motherfucker. No. In fact, I texted because a friend of the show, Tom Bridge, and I were chatting a little bit back and forth via iMessage. And I sent him a note and I said, well... I got my good motherfucker this episode. It just wasn't from Lawrence. Yeah. And she said it with almost exactly the same intonation. But yes. I, I, yes. But wasn't it a great com- uh, campfire conversation? I was really interested. And like, I feel like both of them were a little wary of the other. Yeah. Because you can't bullshit what, a bullshitter. Did, and I did felt you like notice they were both that doing a little bit of trying, but a little bit of, of, I'm not entirely sure if you're playing me, so I'm not going to put everything out on the table. Well, you know what uh, the man in black says to her at first? He thinks this is a host copy of his daughter that Ford put together to fuck with him, right? And uh, I thought, you know, what's the funny thing is, is that's a theory on Reddit for like the last three weeks, right? (laughs) I know. So that that was pretty goddamn funny. But uh, we also get... uh, because uh, we got to move along here, uh, we also get uh, uh, our man um, Stubbs, our friendly neighborhood uh, Hemsworth. Friendly neighborhood Hemsworth. Yes. Uh, he open. He's he's the opening after I think the uh, the Bernardold and Dolores opening. Right, it's him and uh, Charlotte, and I forget where in the time frame she picked up him to have Abernathy. So we're like, we're about a week in the past, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, that's about, because well, Dolores. when Charlotte walks in, she says it's been, she says something like it's been nearly a week or it's been over a week. How is there anything left to shoot? Yeah. 
But it's so not we been know how two far weeks. Along she is. Yeah, it's yeah. not been two weeks, which is where Carl Strand and Mei Ling and everybody else are. Because the right. other hard ass who keeps calling Stubbs Ashley this episode, <laughs> we oh. know for sure his ass is dead probably by the end of the next episode. Oh, yeah, that yeah. delightful Scottish ray of sunshine. Yes. He was just a treat. I, I don't know who the actor is, but boy, does he play a bastard really well. So. Props oh, he was for the... fantastic. And Stubbs is, what did you write to me uh, uh, on iMessage? You thought Stubbs was like waking up? Yeah. After, when, uh, when, they, when they nailed Peter to the seat. Yeah. Like that, that like host size nail gun. Um, and it, they you know, literally nail him to the chair. I felt like Stubbs was squirming a little bit. I, you know, I think he. I think he's not. Did as you get okay the religious Im- Did you get the religious imagery there? Oh, of course. Yeah, I thought for a second once I saw the nail gun. Are they Are they going to spread his arms out? You know, in a cross. <laughs> I thought they didn't go that extreme with the imagery, but if there's yeah. ever a Christ figure, yeah, nailed. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, the ghost nation didn't kill him. So he's obviously uh, a human. He's just a pissed off and put out a human. And I thought his portrayal was Charlotte because he is clearly aggravated as fuck, you know, not Mm. being read in on anything. Like, you know, if you hire the head of a security, why don't you like, you know, tell them what you're protecting. And Mm then, then we have, uh, uh, then we we get to meet the the Teddy Nader. Uh, Good lord, boy, she she fucked with his attributes, and you can tell with Dolores in a couple of those scenes that she's probably regretting, you know, what she's missing. But talk about an efficient guy. Oh yes, golly! Now I didn't get what he was doing at first with the bullet with. Um, What's the tech's name? Phil. With the tech, yeah. Yeah, Phil. And I thought, why are they leaving him to roll behind? And then I realized, oh, shit, no, Phil is on the section of the train with the engine, and that's heading into the Mesa. And they're coasting yes. in behind it. And I thought, oh, God, Dolores is – she's, like, evil smart for coming up with that plan. Oh, yes. <laughs> So I, I thought, was really surprised uh, with how all of that went down. Yeah. And Teddy shooting the guy and uh, Angela, her expression after Teddy shot him, which mm. was both one delighted and two aggravated. Like I didn't get to shoot him. <laughs> yeah. She was like a little, it, it was very much like Teddy, like that was Teddy. And then, but it wasn't me, but yeah. like you could watch all that go by. It was kind of neat. And then, then we get Bernard and Elsie making their way into uh, the Mesa. And I thought Bernard said the nicest thing to Elsie because, you know. Oh, that moment. It, I loved yeah, it. Because if anybody could could uh, make this right. Could write this. this could write through this. sheer force of will. will. Yeah. You're the one. So, uh, and. You notice that Elsie is treating him like a human, treating him yeah. like a person, treating him like a peer or like almost her form, former boss. 
she it's like she's sort of put the he's a robot aside in the short term like because she knows the two of them are on the same side and that they're both just trying to work it out yeah like i feel like that's where she's at and so she's like when she gets a little breathing room and has some time to sit around and go holy shit my boss is a robot and then be able to go to him and go no really when you rotate it out where did you go <laughs> so it's it's clear to me on the time frame that this is a a sort of a week at, or close to a week after the uh, rebellion because you can see the techs walking around downstairs. Mm-hmm. The state of the building is about the same. So I think when they walk into the cradle, which, by the way, is creepy as fuck, uh, it's, um, it's probably the same time Charlotte's there with Abernathy, right? And yeah. Stubbs. And the guys dropping like the parachutes down and stuff. So anyway, well, when did we did we see anyone, any of the other people in the Mesa? No, no. Uh, react to, no react to the explosion because Bernard and Elsie do. Uh, what the fuck was that? Well, no, because they cut away from them at because they just get the map online, and the new guy says points to the map and there's a thing beeping on the map and he goes yeah, what's that train. and so we don't see their reaction but immediately they cut back to uh elsie and bernard and we we don't go back to those guys in the base of the security guys in the rest of the episode okay. so we don't know what the reaction is we'll probably get it next episode and then bernard decides to uh <clears throat> to, now we know what tinfoil hats will really do to you by the way <laughs> I did. I thought the cradle was something a person walked into. It's like, no, no, it's the pop top lid thing. And I love, you know, Elsie says, wait a minute, you're you're not a first. You know, these things were designed for first generation hosts, right? To pop. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're like me. And he and he said, we we haven't had time to dial your pain down. And he's like, no time. He's like, no, t- there's no time. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes in, and it is gruesome. There's a behind the scenes video on HBO for the cradle. And one of the special effects guys talks about designing it, and he is clearly uneasy with describing the process and what is done to the person, you know, the host that gets into the cradle. He's like, he's creeping himself out talking about it. It's really funny. Uh, And I was certainly creeped out, like when um, Bernard's brain uh, gumdrop, uh, the pearl, was extracted. And then yes. he goes inside the simulation, and this is this is like now we know what happens when they misplace a host. They always have a backup, right? They get mm-hmm. backups. This is where they when their body goes in sub level eighty three cold storage. Yeah, their mind still exists in the cradle. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, and then. What, why don't you talk about your reaction to that very end when when oh, Jock, when Bernard sees Jock, because it took me a while to realize who, what that dog was. It wasn't the wolf. Well, and I was like, why was the dog? Yeah. It's Jock. Mm-hmm. So I had a minute where I was watching. OK, so first of all, we need to talk about the piano at the beginning of the episode, because we all know that. Kelly's one of Kelly's favorite things about Westworld among many one of my favorites is name that tune so I couldn't name that tune now I could be wrong I just like 
it's not like last week where I knew it was something and I couldn't line it up, but I knew I'd heard it. I don't think I had heard what Dolores was playing on the piano. I think it was something classical. I think Dolores was improvising. Oh. (gasps) I just thought it was something classical, but yeah. Well, so did I, but then I'm like, maybe it's not, and maybe she's improvising. Uh, Now, I could be completely wrong about that, but as soon as that clicked into my brain, I'm like, I'm going with that until I figure out what the song is. Um, or until, well, let's be honest, until Reddit figures out what the song is. Yeah. Uh, but, That's what Reddit uh, is then, for. But then at the end, we're hearing a piano. Again, I'm playing Name That Tune. And we get the long shot of the dog. And I'm like, it's not the wolf. Why are we getting a long shot? Oh, my God, it's Jock. And then he goes inside. He goes, he goes uh, into the Mariposa. And he lays down, and we see Teddy walk out, and Bernard goes in and looks around, and I'm like, there's somebody sitting at the, who's sitting at, oh my god, it's Ford at the piano! And then we get the reflection, and he says, hello, old friend. Yeah. And I was, even though I was 100% convinced that was what was going to happen, then when they showed it to me, I still couldn't believe it. And uh, even when yeah. I thought I absolutely knew, I'm like, there's no way that's exactly what's going to happen. And then that was exactly what happened. And I went, there's no way that's what just happened. Yeah, I, I, it was exactly the same with me, because as soon as I saw a jock and identified him, I bet I bet. So it turns out two episodes ago analysis show when we did um, uh, the analysis for the riddle of the Sphinx, I said, I'm betting that. Uh, that red pearl is Ford. Mm-hmm. That's probably what who it was because when Bernard's in the room before he steps into the cradle, he's like, "I've been here before, and I put somebody else in here." And so, I'm pretty sure cause and effect that was Ford's um, consciousness, a copy of his consciousness that Bernard slipped into the cradle. And it's obvious that somebody's been controlling the cradle because the cradle mm-hmm. is bitch slapping every tech in the park right now. And it's controlling yes. everything, right? So it's Ford inside the cradle. Why would he bother creating a host mo- uh, body for himself? That's his world. Right. He that doesn't he cre- have to. That's his whole world that he created. He loves that world. So he'll just stay there. It's mm-hmm. brilliant. It's brilliant. I love that. So he is the ghost on the machine. I it which, is which it, like levels up on last season's final Cylon. Yes, it's oh yeah. Um, uh, hold on a second. My son just uh, texted me. He's at the other <laughs> house, and he says, "Can I watch?" Uh, exit <laughs> HBO. We have less than a minute. Okay, uh, I need to exit uh, HBO in the other uh, window. So any, uh, <laughs> anything uh, else uh, that grab you uh, from this thing? Uh, just the like the quiet moments I was really impressed with, and particularly one that was quiet but not as sentimental, which was when uh, Dolores was talking to Teddy on the train, and Teddy said uh, I, something about, I never wanted to leave this place. But I suppose you fixed that, too. Yes. And that really stood out to me. Uh, That was one that I made you sad, right? Yes. Um, It made me sad because I missed Teddy. So 
There's time. So what's your last uh, statement on this episode? Uh, this episode had a lot of stabs in the heart. And yes. it and it really moved the plot and the mythos forward. Now that we've seen the cradle and we understand better what it's for, it, it's like uh, the entire world of Westworld just got expanded. All kinds of new possibilities, uh, mm-hmm. all kinds of new uh, science. Um, it's yeah, it's just very very full that way. Well, it's like. It's like last season when we started to get an inkling that there was a whole nother park and then not just a whole nother park, but a bunch more parks and and what that would mean and how all of that would impact what we know. And I feel like the cradle is doing that this season with what we know about it. And, you know, Elsie being freaked out about how, like, everyone's down there alive. Um, And what does that mean for the ones that we do know? right now that are out in the park and you know on and on and on and on so i can't wait to see where that where that ends up going i think it's going to be really great oh yes oh yes there's and there's there's still like you know from our list from the last analysis episode you know i had 26 things that Mm -hmm. we hadn't seen um Mm -hmm. and uh what's obvious from the trailer for next week's episode we're finally going to see the room full of nard dogs Yes. So I wonder, uh, but there's still like 25 things on that damn uh, list from the trailer that we haven't seen. And we're already and at episode someday six. someday I need you to post it so that we can quit talking okay. about it and I can give people a link in the show notes. I'll put it somewhere, <laughs> boss. All right. Okay. I need it to happen so that we can have it in a place where people can see it. Um, that's going to be our show for today. Tune in later this week for our, for the moment when we step into analysis and we talk about it even more. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun given just the one time through this episode so far. I think it's going to be really great. Um, we're going to have a really good time with it. So this has been greetings from the uncanny Valley. Thank you again to Jason and everyone and a comparable for hosting us. I've been your host, Kelly Gamont with me as always, Don Melton party on Don. Party on, Garth. And in the meantime, we look forward to your theories on Twitter at all of them, all the crazy rewind, all the crazy ones, all the not so crazy ones. Um, If you want it to be crazy enough that Jimmy Simpson reads it out loud, awesome. If you have something else, also awesome. Uh, We want to save those up for the analysis show later this week. And until then, be excellent to each other. (laughs) 